Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, so let's make it a good one. We are doing a special edition of Boost Power Podcast featuring our authors from The Stew, Smart Talk Exceptional Women. The Stew is a 200-page art and insight book that's coming out in October of 2020. We have 62 amazing women authors, and uh, one of them is on the show today. Welcome, Cheryl Talley. Well, thank you for having me. And I love this. The title was it Smart Talk? Was it what was the phrase? Smart Talk Exceptional Women Stew. Oh, my goodness. It's a recipe, right? A recipe for success. There you go. Exceptional women. And I tell you, you know, you and I have known each other through the Camp Experience Network. And as we're celebrating, as you know, 15 years of doing good and having fun together. And you and I also share that we're um, spirit-based and work for the same really big God. So I was right. very prayerful, like, okay, how do we celebrate over a million dollars raised, 50 plus charities, Colorado and the world, and you, of course, the Samaritan House and Catholic Charities being one of those. And I heard uh, the stew, Smart Talk Exceptional Women. And I'm like, I know exceptional women. So you are one. You are. You are the connector of all exceptional women. Well, I don't know if I'm the connector of all, but I am so blessed to uh, be connected to you, friend. And if I had my brothers, you know, we will go make our our private island somewhere and have even more fun. There's got to be a cocktail with a beach. That's all There does. There does. Well, today on the show, I just want to tell everybody a little bit about you and kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, your perspective on life. And then I want to explore about your story because uh, you really are in the category of sharing your faith in your story. And Mm -hmm. of the 64 stories that really stands out to me as, as, you know, one that's, that's boldly stands in where you come from. So, um, you know, it all began in a small hospital. I think going back to conception is a little weird. So let's start at the hospital. Okay. <laughs> so where, where did, were you born and grew up? Cause I think you talk funny, isn't it? I think you can tell from my accent that I am not from Colorado. That's originally. what I know. And, and I'm from originally from New Jersey, but, and the funny part about it is I've actually lived in Colorado longer than I ever lived in New Jersey. So um, we, I was born in New Jersey, then I moved to Florida, then we came back to New Jersey, and then we moved to Virginia, then we came back to New Jersey. I worked in Manhattan, um, then I moved to Chicago, then I moved to Indiana, which were, my kids were born in Indiana, so they're both, they're all, they're both Hoosiers. Um, and then, which I share with them, I'm a Hoosier, Hoosier mama, right. and you would that's be right. actually, the answer to Hoosier I, mama. I, I, I'm a, I'm a mixed, my, my son is a Hoosier, but he went to Purdue. So he's boiler up, hammer down. So See, there you um, go. And that I share that with him. You know how I love him so much because we are both boiler up. That's right. Um, and then I came to Denver. So I keep moving uh, west and I am not going to go any further. The mountains have stopped me. No more. No, this is as west as I get. So, but I have, like I said, lived in Colorado since 1996. So it's the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. Um, as you could tell from my journey, where I, it seems like every five to six years, I'm moving someplace. Um, but I can't get rid of the Jersey accent. You know, I don't know what it is. It's sticking around. And my brother, when we moved to Florida, has a Floridian. He's a Southern accent, so which is bizarre. So my sister and I are Jersey girls, and my brother became a, you know, Southern boy. Wow. And so what caused you to move around so much? Because, you know, I did a little of that, you know, Indiana, Texas to Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, But what caused you to move so much? 
So my father was in satellite communications. He was actually one of the first, he was on the team to put up the first commercial satellite, ComSat. Um, and it's actually in the Smithsonian now. Um, so he, uh, the Mecca was in New York and then it moved to Florida. Um, and then it became like a Washington DC thing. So that was my early years. And then um, I was on Wall Street for, I don't know, 10 years. Um, and they had an opportunity out in the Chicago office. So I went out to the Chicago office, met my husband, and he became a uh, treasurer of bank in Indiana. So he moved to Indiana. And then he had an opportunity to buy a small um, brokerage firm out here. So we moved out here. And I'm like, we're not moving anymore. I'm done. I think I've done my time moving. And we've been here ever since. And there you go. Well, I tell you, though, as someone who moved when we were kids, we were in Indiana, we did a stint where my dad had a job crisis, and he had always worked for himself. And all of a sudden, a headhunter asked him about a job, and it was going to pay a lot of money. And he just freaked out and said yes. And so he drug us to Adrian, Michigan. I'll never forget. I kissed my first boy playing spin the bottle in fourth grade. <laughs> you know, those are the only thing I remember about Adrian, Michigan was spin the bottle, fourth grade kissing a boy. And then it took us to North Carolina in a private school. And we talked funny. We were from the Midwest. They had peg leg pants. I had bell bottoms embroidered with mushrooms and we did not fit in at all. And finally, my dad figured out he couldn't have a real job, a corporate job. He had always been an entrepreneur. The kids were miserable. I was crying in my room, painting murals and writing my own books because <laughs> I didn't have a friend in sight. And so he gave up everything and we went back to Indiana. So yeah. but I, what I think, though, is I learned resilience and I learned how to make friends because I always was the new kid. Right. I mean, I had a similar experience and everyone thought I was in the military because we've traveled so much. Um, and uh, I, but you learn how to make friends and you learn, um, you know, so many skills that you just had to start a conversation as just that basic um, with new people. And. And then you really got, I, I really appreciated learning about other cultures. And you forget that in America, there's so many different cultures. I mean, we have, uh, if you're from the South, it's completely different than New Jersey. And the same thing I had, to, you know, they couldn't understand my accent. In, um, and I couldn't understand them. And I didn't know what a hush puppy was. I remember the first time I went to, what's a hush puppy? Why are we eating a dog? You know, yeah, uh, really? <laughs> that seems like odd. So, I mean, it was the same experience for me. I mean, moving around, um, gave me a lot of the, the skills that I have now, which makes me a better marketer because I can appreciate a different point of view. Um, it made me a better, um, just, I can, can't say listener, I'm trying to be a better listener, but communicator in general. So I yeah. agree. I think that that was a, a real plus to moving. Right. Well, and it was out of your comfort zone, right? Always out of your comfort zone. And I also think I found how to entertain myself which is very interesting. I look at my daughter and she entertains herself with video and, you know, YouTube and all everything electronic. And I grew up entertaining myself never with electronics. So it was arts and crafts or reading or, you know, painting or whatever. Um, so I do notice that I love my own time. It's mm -hmm. fine. It's yeah. good. I like being with me. It's fine. I, I agree. I actually, I find that my, I, everyone thinks I'm an extrovert because I talk so much and actually I'm not. Um, I really consider myself an introvert that just knows that I have to speak. So I find that on the weekends, that's my time for recharging, whether I go on a hike or I, you know, pick up an art project. I love to do calligraphy and that was my 
my escape, you know, and I, it's a great art for me because it's an art with rules. So it's really good. So I, I like that. It's like paint by numbers, but not. Yeah. So. Well, let's, uh, we'll, we'll go back to that later because I'd love to do um, some more calligraphy stuff with you and put it in some of my art. So I digress. Okay. But so let's, so two things about you. One is a super, super positive thing. And one is a more challenging thing that I know about you. So first on the super, super positive, you okay. did all this like tough mutter, iron woman, crazy stuff. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Cause you know, I'm a marketer. So everything I do, my life is a marketing experiment. So um, after I had the thing that we're going to talk about later, um, I, I was trying to figure a way to um, in some way, take steps back into my life. So the first thing I did was I went on the Camino um, in, um, in Spain. So the Camino de Santiago, um, and I actually went on the Camino Frances for anybody who knows about the Camino. Um, it is a, a path that is the way of St. James. And it's every day you hike about 20 miles. So um, at the end you go to, you know, the um, Camino de Santiago is in, in, in Compostela, in, um, in Spain, in, in Santiago. And um, it was one of those things I wanted to walk back into my life. You know, it's, a, it's that journey, my first steps back into my life. And then the next year I decided that what was gonna be the theme that year was um, I was going to take it to new heights. So it wasn't just about walking, now I'm taking it to, nights, to, to, to new heights. So I decided to climb 14ers and I did the Manitou incline. It was like every, weekend I was finding another climb to go on and I'm too old for that I thought I'm not going to do that anymore <laughs> so um, the next year I decided that I was going to um, face my fears so that became obstacles so I started to do Spartan races I did a, um, a Spartan race I did a Tough Mudder um, and then I joined this Tough Mudder boot camp so um, it's all about facing your fears and doing things that I normally wouldn't do if there wasn't somebody saying you got to go over that you know that hill. So, um, and that's been kind of what I've been sticking with because it's not as, uh, it takes about an hour to, to do a class and takes about two hours to do a race. So it's not as a, much of a commitment for me. I was like, the, the 14 is I'm gone all weekend and then go home and take a nap. So, uh, but anyway, that's, that's been what I've been doing the last few years. Well, um, we are going to go to break and then we're going to come back and talk about the rest of your journey. You're listening Yay. to a Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Okay, we're back on Boost Power Podcast, and I know we left you hanging. It's like one of those TV shows. Do, 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 do. We'll tell you the good stuff, but what's the juicy stuff? And you were so uh, gracious, Cheryl, to share your story last year at the Camp Experience Fall Retreat, where... Oh, gosh, you had us all standing with you in your journey. So I, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about this, but I want you to share a little bit about um, the opportunity for personal growth and faith that you had in your life. And then we're going to talk about how that manifested into your amazing story in the stew. So um, okay. we talk a little bit about um, your family and your husband. Sure. Um, and it's one of those 
those topics that um, I don't know if it makes me more uncomfortable or the person who's listening to the story more uncomfortable because it's one of those taboo topics that people just don't really discuss. And they put it out there as it can happen to somebody else and not to you. And, um, and it was, um, you know, I came home one day from work and my, my, my husband had um, committed suicide and I, I was dumbfounded. I didn't expect it. I did, there were the signs that they look for, there were no signs. So all these things, and they even said, you know, in retrospect, well, he was like doing this. I'm like, you know, yeah, but that was normal. That really is just normal everyday life. And I really um, felt that the reason why I shared it at Camp Experience was to really just not to uh, demystify as much as to say, you know, from the person who is left behind, from the family that are that 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 have to deal with the pieces that are broken after a suicide, um, there's a lot of trauma that we experience, and uh, there is also a lot of reactions that we don't anticipate, and those reactions come from um, a, a range. And I, I always like to again, a marketer. So in my head, this is how I'm marketing it. I have uh, you know five different experiences that I I. I, I had one that people want to treat you the same, like nothing happened, like nothing happened over there. You know, it's it's because they just don't want to deal with the issue. So they just treat you the same. And you're sitting there in this, in this trauma. And the second way is they want to blame something. Somebody has to be, so they're looking for the blame. That's the cause. What's the cause? What happened? And you don't know the cause. And I right. definitely had no idea. I mean, and, and again, people would say, well, he was depressed about, the, the business. I mean, that may be a trigger, but it's not the cause, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the shame. Oh, there must be something wrong with you because this can never happen to me, right? It's 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 you, not me, right. right? My life is good. And then the fame, which was really odd, and that was about the people who wanted to know your story, and then you became fodder for the cocktail party. And they, they want to say, oh, yeah, I just talked to her. And this is what I got. And it was an odd reaction because I didn't expect these people to be checking in on me because they wanted to be able to share the information. They got the inside scoop. So you, at the end, you felt like I just, that was very violating to me. Actually, it was the most hurtful out of all of them because you expect the shame, you expect the same, you expect the blame. I didn't expect somebody to use my story to advance their, you know, cool factor. Oh yeah. And that just stuck with me of all the pieces to your story that just so stuck with me that these people were trying to scoop. And well, it was, it was an odd. And so I started this, I started like kind of a support group of other people. And and whenever something happens, we, we will reach out and say, Hey, if you want somebody to talk to them, I can help them kind of through the process, at least give them, you know, that they're not alone and that, you know, there's, they're not freaks. And um, so anyway, um, this was one of those discoveries that we came out of it. Like, do you expect this group of people to emerge? No one, none of one, none of us did. So then the last group I call the AIM people. And they're the people who just show up on your doorstep. They don't want anything. They're like, hey, um, here's, um, I brought my cappuccino maker and we're going to have coffee and we're going to watch a movie, you know, or they came over and they say, hey, you need to do a garage sale. Let me set it up for you. And you're like, okay. You know, and because you're in the stupor, you don't really, you know, not that I was stalled because I was constantly moving, but I was 
you know, I, I, sometimes you like you have so many items to do, I would not be able to know what to do next um, because the, the business of death is overwhelming, right? All the stuff they have to do to basically unwind your life after something like this. So those AIM people really kept me on track. Um, they also were like that, like just as I, I just couldn't do anymore, they would be there to bolster you up. Um, and then they kind of like went away. You know, they're still, they, they'll check in periodically. We're still friends, but they weren't, they didn't make it about them. And um, and it was, it's, it's amazing though, um, how the people that you, you were friends with that you thought were gonna be there, dissipated right these maybe fell AIM, in one of those other categories yeah yeah and then these aim people are kind of the kind that they just kind of do flybys periodically in life and that's how they roll you know they they're like they're always in your life they're always a good friend but they're not necessarily that person that you're that's there like you know sometimes they are i, mean, I have a few of them I'm, I'm still super great friends with and i check in with them you know daily or weekly um and there's others i just kind of check in every couple of months but it is an amazing thing to witness firsthand. And uh, when you're going through something like this as a trauma, you know, is, you know, if I didn't have my faith, I don't know if I could have kept the, the strength to persevere. And uh, my faith, I say my faith, my family and my friends were my, you know, how I survived a trauma like this. Um, and there you go. That's, that's well, my, that's my story. It's your story. And unfortunately you're sticking to it because it's what happened. But um, again, I think, again, a big God uses everything that happens in all of us to help the next person, the world. And I was so thankful that you shared that. And so let's talk a little bit about your story for the stew, because, you know, it's really fun that I just kind of went to people and said, what would you like to share with women of the world? Art and insights to uplift women of the world from women for women. And I loved that you did, we called it reflections during COVID-19, but it's not a story of COVID-19. Mm -mm. It's a story of faith. So can you tell us a little bit about your story? And I know you have a beautiful angel on your page because the angel is called choose faith. So that worked I, out great. I, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to it. So when you had actually emailed me and said, Hey, we're doing these stories. I had, I just sent this out to my team and it really was um, because Easter was happening in the midst of COVID. And we were like, you know, I had my little Easter hat that was going to now it's going to be next year's Easter hat. And I had this like this whole plan for Easter and all of the everything. Life got canceled when COVID started. And um, one of the things that I realized during the time with my husband's passing was um, like God had prepared me for this, right? Not he did not prepare me for my husband committing suicide, but he prepared me for a trauma. And that trauma happened to be this huge trauma that, you know, changed the, the trajectory of my life. You know, I, I didn't live in the same place. I didn't have the same job. I, I moved away. I, I lost a lot of friends. So like the whole, my whole life had changed. And, and people would ask me how you're so strong. I said, I'm really not strong. I just have faith. And I literally asked God one day, please just take this, help me, support me through this. And it reminded me during COVID when Easter was coming and here it is the, you know, for us, the holiest day of the year. And it's just this very um, inspirational day for, for anybody who has faith that, you know, that there's hope and that hope is, is, is always there for you. And 
COVID is very, it takes away hope, right? You don't, it's the, it's the insidious, um, silent, um, you know, invisible enemy that that's creeping around and suddenly turning children at that time, children were the carriers and, you know, and your friends are your carriers and you have to protect the people who were more vulnerable. But even then we didn't know who was vulnerable. So it was this, so suddenly your friends became your enemies because they could get you sick. And so keeping faith and hope was to me um, central to what we needed to really focus on. And, and I, and I, I remember the story and it just came to me in the morning. I actually woke up like at four o'clock in the morning and wrote it out. Um, and I was, had sent it off to my team at like five o'clock in the morning. So I, it was, that was like a, one of those Holy Spirit moments, but my son had taught me this lesson when, um, he was a little boy and, uh, literally we were on the beach on the Jersey shore. Um, and we had this like, you know, big blanket and with a big umbrella and we're all sitting under the blanket and the kids are playing with their beach toys and the older kids were in the water. And my nephew, my, my um, nephew, who's older, usually takes him in the water, but he was way out in the, in the ocean. So he like my, I could see like this little boy, my son with his furrowed brow looking around and saying, who looks like the person who's going to get me in that water safely. And, you know, he, looked at me, looked at my sister. Then he went to my brother, who's this big burly guy. And he goes, you take me to the water. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And they get at the edge of the water and he's like, you know, about two years old and the waves are coming over and they're wa washing over their feet. And uh, next thing you know, I see my brother lifting him up like with one arm, like up in the air, like you do with your kids with just like, you know, the one arm yank up in the air and he's like dangling over this big wave. And the wave is so big, it comes up, you know, that those kinds of waves that come up and the rogue waves and they, they take out your blanket. Everyone's like racing and picking up their stuff. And so, uh, you know, he, he puts them down and, and my son walks back to the blanket and he looks at my brother and he goes, that's why I needed you. And my, and my brother, who's like I said, this big burly guy, like it was that moment where he, like he's just, you can see the tears were welling up and it was because this little boy looked at him and said, that's why I needed you. Um, and it just, it just floored him. And I thought, well, that's a great metaphor for what God is there. God is with us to support us through these struggling times. And we don't know when that rogue wave is going to come and hit us and floor us. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to stay tethered, hold on. And, and just know that he's always with you. So when a rogue wave does come and he lifts you up out of the muck, out of the, you know, the spinning salt water, that you are going to be, you know, on safe, safe ground again. And I just thought that that was a great um, metaphor for what faith is about and the hope that you know that he will be with you through the thick and thin when you least expect it when you says beautiful sunny day, but a rogue wave comes and wipes you out. Not the rest of the beach, just one person gets wiped out. And uh, so I just thought that was just a great inspirational story for my team. And then um, when you emailed me, I'm like, yeah, this is, 
how about this? <laughs> it was all perfect timing. Well, we just so appreciate your sharing of your story, uh, your beautiful bright light in the world, Cheryl, all you do, uh, not only for Catholic Charities, the Samaritan House and all the programs there, but just who you are and how you have taken this incredible big wave that came into your life and your children's lives, um, and then how you know that your faith was there and is still there. Um, to end, we always like to pull from a card deck and you're the first person in the brand new card deck called Happy Life Connection Cards. Okay. And I'm just gonna randomly pull one since because of COVID we're doing not this live, uh, but normally we would be doing this live and you would pull your own. So I'm gonna randomly pull one. And so the, the Happy Life Connection Cards, the purpose is you pull a card and then you just immediately say what that brings to your mind. And then we have a journal, you can write it down, but you can pray about it, you can whatever. So your Happy Life Connection Card, you got embrace. And then the question is either who, what, where, when, why, or how, and you got embrace who. What comes to mind when I ask you, it's time for you to embrace who? Yourself. You know, I, I think that, you know, during COVID, especially, I think we're all struggling um, and we start doubting ourselves because you're isolated, right? So you hear those little voices in your head that they're, that's not, you know, so I think embracing yourself for who you are, you know, I mean, uh, that's the, that's, that's what, that's the first thing that popped into my mind, but I think it's a great lesson for during this time when there's no other noise, but what's in your head, get rid of the head trash and start embracing yourself for who you are. Awesome. You know, it's, that's so funny because I was doing the same thought when I pulled out embrace who, and that's exactly what I heard in my head. Well, I know you've enjoyed this, uh, absolutely incredible story of Cheryl Talley and her life and her work. There's many, many more things to her today. We're just focused on this tip of the iceberg, but really, we really have so much gratitude for you sharing your story with the Camp well, Experience Sisters and also in the stew. Smart Talk, Exceptional Women, available October 2020. Just go to campexperience.com to the store and you'll be able to get your copy and look for book clubs and retreats and all kinds of products that will be part of, again, taking insight to uplift women of the world. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. So listen to Cheryl's story and think about, you know, what is that wave that comes in and, and when we least expect it? You know, is it a virus? Is it a job change? Is it a life change? And know that, you know, you get that choose faith. You get to choose a faith and a big God that's always there for you. And hopefully this message has been just exactly what you needed to hear today. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting energy and ideas. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.